Well, hello and welcome to Matters of the Heart. I'm Gabriel Gonzalez, an international coach, teacher, and trainer specialized in the field of heart intelligence. I love helping people create relationships, lifestyles, and careers that they absolutely love. And I do this by showing you how to access your inner resources of love, joy, wisdom, and power that become available to you the moment you start connecting with your emotional, intuitive, energetic, and the spiritual heart. Through individual and group coaching programs, online courses, and live seminars, I teach what I call a wholehearted or heart-centered approach to personal and spiritual development, emotional mastery, and conscious relationship building. Basically, I am here to help you give birth to the most loving, amazing, joyful, wise, and powerful version of you. You can find out more about me and the work that I've been called to do in this world by visiting my website, heartintelligencecoach.com. There, you'll be able to book a session with me and find out more about my upcoming seminars around the world. Today in Matters of the Heart, we're going to be talking about difficult conversations and how to have them. I know last week, if you listened to last week's broadcast, um, I promised that we were going to be speaking about conscious completion. And when I sat with it a little bit longer, I realized that we need to first build the foundation about how to show up for a conversation from a more real, truthful um, space before we can actually close a relationship and have that kind of conversation. So today's topic is about beginning to lay that foundation so that then next week, I'm promising you that right now, we will then go full on into the process of conscious completing a relationship um, through, obviously, through having a deep, powerful, meaningful conversation, which more than likely it's going to be uncomfortable. All right. Before we get started, let me remind you that uh, if you're listening to us live, there is a Q&A session uh, that you can access at the bottom of your screen. If you have any questions that you'd like me to answer during the show, please be sure to write them in there now or during the presentation, and I will do my best to get to them. All right. Okay. So let's take a few moments to tune in then into our hearts so that we can begin to activate what I call an expanded field of awareness around ourselves or just simply begin to feel more connected to ourselves, to all of life, to our own inner source of wind, wisdom, and become receptive in our, minds, in our minds and in our hearts so that we can learn. Okay, I am a teacher. I'm not here to entertain you, though, though it, sometimes it may feel like that. But the truth is here that I am here to teach. I'm here to create awareness in you to help you grow and transform. So go ahead and put a hand over the middle of your chest. It can be the left one or the right one, it doesn't matter. And I want you to just very gently begin to tap. Today we're gonna to do something that's a little, slightly different, just gentle little taps. And as you do that, just become aware of the physical sensations of that tapping in the middle of your chest. Just noticing it. Noticing the tapping, noticing any emotions or stories that might be playing in your mind. Notice that the moment you began to tap, it's almost like the mind began to get a little bit quieter, which for many of us is a good thing. And now just breathe into your heart, nice and slow and deep. 
breather than you breathing deeper than you normally would slower than you normally would creating a nice round breath so that the inhale and the exhale are approximately the same length and then go ahead and stop tapping and then just feel for the moment just feel the sensations around your heart center area and then just continue to breathe as you listen to me open our time together here with an invocation or a brief heart-centering prayer speaking for and on behalf of everyone who's listening to this live call or to the replays knowing that right here right now we are living breathing and having our being in this infinitely loving intelligence field that we are right here right now attuning and connecting to the heart of this intelligence through our heart centers someone may say we are connecting to the heart at the center of our universe or the heart of god the heart of the virgin mary the heart of the buddha the heart of the christ and with every inhalation and exhalation we are activating the vibration or the feeling the awareness of love wisdom and power under some traditions this is referred to as the threefold flame within the heart so we give thanks that right here right now everything is good right here right now life is taking care of itself just like our body is taking care of itself and we continue to breathe for the next hour we allow the world around us to take care of ourselves our relationships even the ones that we might be struggling with we allow those relationships to just rest in the deep knowing that right here right now everything is in divine and perfect order that there are no mistakes that have taken place and no mistakes that are taking place or that shall taking shall be taking place for we live in a unified field of love where everything is always working for our greatest and our highest good that whatever appears to be happening out there in what we call the real world more often than not has nothing to do with what's really happening inside of us and so therefore we choose to fight the battle inside our own hearts making peace with the present moment and allowing things to be exactly as they are shifting our vibration for from fear from separation from anxiety from worry to a deep sense of peace that begins to arise when we begin to know that we are being supported and that every event in our lives is contributing for our growth for our expansion for our good we rest in this awareness we give thanks for knowing that this is the truth of our life as we open our hearts and our minds to receive new ideas new solutions to problems and continue to build the courage muscle to not only face ourselves to have these difficult conversations that we know we have been avoiding or face other people with whom we know it's important that we share the truth of who we really are we give thanks for this awareness we rest in it we let it be with appreciation and thanksgiving and it is so and so it is ah righty difficult conversations and how to have them 
as we begin this conversation today, I want you to think a little bit about your life and some of the most difficult conversations that you've had in the last few years. Like I remember, for example, when I was doing a little bit of soul searching in preparation for this broadcast, I was thinking, I was asking myself, well, what are some of the most difficult conversations that I've had throughout my life? And well, you know, some of the answers that came up was ending a four-year relationship, romantic relationship, um, where um, I'd come to terms with the fact that we were not really a good fit. And so um, even though there was a form of an engagement and a future that we were building together and agreements that I had made um, to have that conversation and, and end it, I remember how difficult that was for me. Uh, another conversation that, um, that I had when I was 26 years old uh, was coming out to my mother. I had been in a relationship uh, primarily with a woman up until that time. And so coming to my mom and talking to her about this relationship that I was in, which by the way was, was, um, was about to be broken up is the main reason why I actually came out to my mother because I knew I was going to be under a lot of pain and I needed her support. Um, but having that conversation with her, especially with her, was very, very, very uncomfortable. Um, and yeah, very, very difficult to have. Most recently, I do remember I had a very difficult uh, conversation about yeah, six or nine months ago when I fired a client, when I fired someone who was uh, in one of my programs, uh, who was not keeping their agreements and had lost their motivation. And I was really feeling like they were not we're not really into, in it. We're not really fully committed. And after giving them several warnings and, you know, being there to support them and talking to them and reestablishing new agreements, they kept not, not really following through with their side of the deal. And so I came to the realization that it was really time to release them and let them go. Um, Difficult conversations as you, if you are a human being like I am, you know that they are very, very difficult, extremely difficult, especially when done from a conscious uh, perspective or with a conscious attitude. And what I mean by that is in a world of technology with where so many people these days uh, use social media and text messaging applications to communicate. You know, it's so easy to end relationships with an SMS or a WhatsApp message or an email. I've seen that happen so many times. Had that happened to me quite a few times as well. And um, if you've been on the receiving end, you're probably aware of how frustrating and painful that can be because it really leaves no space for connection, which is what the majority of us heart-centered people long for and want and need you know i i i remember i used to have this conversation with my with my lay sister quite often about how we much rather have a conversation that was uncomfortable where there was a lot of pain but at least there was some kind of resolution and closure than just receiving an email where there was no opportunity to connect to express your feelings to 
yeah, to, to, to really share what was really real and, and true, where, where what you had to share was actually being met and received by another person, not via some kind of an application. And so, you know, and, and, and I have to say that, you know, when I, when I look at when I have done that, because I've also done that in my, in my younger days, I do that less these days unless there's obviously a, a time or a, what do you call it? It's a distance constraint uh, between me and the other person. Um, but I do my best to do that in person. Um, but again, the, the the reason the majority of people will 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 recur to some kind of a media, text message media, or a, or a simple yeah simple messaging application is because these type of conversations are very difficult to have, extremely difficult to have. Um, on the other one, on the you know, on the one hand, because first they are unpredictable, right? The moment you decide that you're going to confront the other person, that you're going to share what you think, what you want, what you need, what you desire, you know, whatever it is that you want to share, um, you don't know how the other person is going to react when you tell them exactly whatever it is that is in your heart or in your mind. It's also very likely that uh, it's going to bring up some very uncomfortable feelings, you know, not only in the other person, right, but in you, in you. Will you be able to control your emotions? You know, are you going to get triggered and so angry that you may say or do something that you might regret later on? Have you ever been in a situation where someone says something to you and you just couldn't shut up and immediately you try to justify and you got really angry. You couldn't listen anymore or you just had to leave. Well, you know, that's again, you know, it's the majority of us want to avoid feeling this kind of discomfort. Um, and the other reason is the majority of us don't want to do this, have these kind of conversations is because we're afraid we might hurt the other person or we might hurt ourselves. You maybe losing the other person, opening up some kind of a kind of warms, um, you know, or or as I just said, maybe you know, taking the relationship to a to what I call a a point of no return. So yeah, so no wonder the majority of us avoid avoid having these kind of conversations, as the plague is quite human. But the problem with that is that it leaves a series of incomplete. Um, processes within us which then we then have to through time and a lot of forgiveness and compassion and understanding we all then have to obviously complete within our own selves if you've ever lost someone to death uh, and never really been able to have full resolution and have a conversation with them while they were alive then you'll probably understand exactly what i'm talking about um, you kind of have to find the yeah the resolution on your own. You have to make peace on your own. I find that the problem that the majority of people have is that we don't really have good role models with regards to what it really means to have this kind of conversation. The majority of us grew up in homes where our parents did not communicate in a conscious, real, authentic, direct, courageous way. Right, where the majority of the times um, the truth were not being talked about. You know, I, I grew up, for example, in a home where I had a brother who had a cocaine crack problem. 
And my parents did not talk about it. Nobody confronted him. Nobody would talk about what the problem was. It was obviously the, the, the pink elephant in the room no one talked about. And so, you know, we, we don't have good role models. And I certainly do not recall ever seeing a difficult conversation in a one-on-one class in my high school or my college. So the question then is, how do you have one? How do you have a difficult conversation with someone that you love, especially with someone that you love? Because what makes oftentimes these conversations show, so difficult to have is that you love the person. You don't want to hurt them. Well, for us, for me to share with you what I think it's a, it's a great framework of how you can begin to move into having these relationships, uh, these conversations with these relationships um, that, that you want to improve or that you want to find closure with or you, you want to confront or whatever it is that you're, that you're seeking to do. Um, first, let me just give you a little bit of a container um, as to what it is I'm referring to and what makes what I'm about to describe different than most way commu- people communicate out there. When I'm talking about having a conscious, heart-centered conversation, I'm talking about, in essence, having the type of conversation where you embody what one of my teachers and mentors, Tesh Steiner, refers to as the five ways of being. Um, if you ever read his book, which I highly recommend, I have it right here in my shelf. It's called Waking Up with Everyone Around Us. Highly recommend this book. One of the things that Tesh talks about in this book is what he calls the five ways of being, which he learned from one of his spiritual teachers and mentors. What are the five ways of being? Well, in a summary, are you want to be clear present, real, connected, and heart-directed. Clear first means that you know why you're having this conversation to begin with, right? There is a certain, there is a certain uh, level of clarity which, which allows you to know uh, first why you need to have this conversation or what it is that you're wanting by having this conversation. The second way of being present requires that you are really in your body. That's what conscious means. This means I am here, I am now, I am present to myself. And that also means that I'm present to my emotions, the other person's body, their emotion. I'm really, truly listening to what they're saying. They're listening to me. We are really present. Have you ever been in the presence of someone that is not really present? You feel like they're there, but they're not there. Like They're listening, but they're not listening. Well, that's exactly what I mean. They're not not present it's like when you're sitting down trying to have dinner with somebody who's on their cell phone texting with somebody that is three miles away or whatever across the world and you feel like they're not there that's exactly what i mean you're not present the third way of being is real real means that i am communicating i am expressing what's real and true for me what is that i'm really thinking what is that i'm really feeling what is that i'm really Uh, wanting, desiring, longing for, all of that. And that leads to the fourth way of being, which is connected. Because once there's a certain level of clarity as to why you're having this conversation and then you get present with the other person and you get very real, at that moment there's true intimacy, vulnerability, and therefore connection, 
Brené Brown likes to say that vulnerability is the mother of connection. So what allows that vulnerability to happen is when I reveal, when I open up, when I, when I let down my guard and my shield and really begin to show you what's really happening under the hood, that creates connection. And then the fifth way of being is you become heart-directed. And that probably means a lot of things for a lot of people. But for me, it means that I begin to respond instead of react from what I call the 12 virtues of the heart. I begin to respond and communicate from a place of appreciation, compassion, forgiveness, humility, understanding, valor, love, kindness, truth, freedom, harmony, and honor. All, of, all throughout last year, I recorded a, uh, a series of 12 guided meditations that are meant to be listened at around the time of the full moon, which is when the Institute of HeartMath does their global coherence. Um, what do you call it? Um, yeah, the, the, they, they choose a certain time of the month for the entire uh, community to literally meditate on their hearts to help raise the frequency not only of the community, but of the entire, of the entire planet. And so I recorded this series of meditations, which you can download from my website. They are available at the Academy's store um, at any given time. I've now packaged them. Uh, they're, they're there. I think they're, they're for sale and for $12, $12 or something like that. So it's $1 each. Um, and those are guided meditations that are actually designed to help you amplify the feeling, the vibration of each one of these 12 virtues. And Obviously, during each guided meditation, I talk a little bit about what each one actually means. So it opens up a new understanding. But the idea is that when you're having these conversations, you are responding from a place of love, compassion, understanding, appreciation, rather than reacting from a place of anger, blame, fear. All right, you're showing up differently. And, and what that means is that now the heart begins to guide you. The heart begins to guide you, creating oftentimes the conditions where literally miracles can happen in the conversation or in the middle of the conversation that could lead to a profound healing. You know, I remember, I remember two or three times it's happened to me because this wasn't the first time that I fired a client. Um, but I remember two or three instances in the past where I had made a resolution that I was going to end a relationship um, or fire a, a client or a participant of, of a program because they were not maintaining their agreements. But the moment we began to get clear, press, and real connected, and we began to establish some kind of hard direction to the conversation, as I began to really understand and see beyond what I thought was happening and begin to feel into their pain, feel into or, or begin to see the, the world from their perspective, a sense of bigger understanding and humility began to emerge and a sense of also of compassion, of the pain that they were in, you know, allowing me then to maybe change my mind or to compromise in some kind of a way. Have you ever ha have had that happen to you where you kind of showed up for a conversation thinking, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to say this, and once you're fully present with the other person, it's almost like you get disarmed. Well, this is what heart-centeredness um, really ultimately is about. The, the, you know, the, think, of a, think of the mind as a, as a paradigm that is based on the linearity of the future and the past. 
right? So I'm trying to sort out what is it I want with regards to you. So I make a decision based on what I think should happen. So, and so I show up for the conversation with some kind of a script, right? Where I'm already know what I'm going to tell you. But the heart is, the, the, the difference between the heart and the mind or the, the intellect in that sense is when I show up and I show up really present, you know, like I remember, I remember quite clearly um, years ago when I was first starting to do this work, I remember um, that someone very close to me had done something that had really triggered a tremendous amount of anger in me. And I remember I was going to have a conversation to tell them how angry I was about what I thought they had done to me. And I can't even remember anymore what it was that happened, but I remember I was, I was angry. And so I remember I showed up for the conversation and I remember getting present with myself and realizing I'm not really angry anymore. But my mind was, was actually saying something like, yeah, but you should be angry because they did this and they did that and you, know, you shouldn't let them off the hook. But I remember I was feeling into my heart and I was thinking, yeah, but I'm not angry anymore. And there was like this conversation between my heart and my mind and, and my heart obviously won because my heart was saying, hey, but... If you're not angry, if I'm not angry anymore, why should I express what I'm not feeling? You know? And then obviously I got I got clear and I got real with the other person. I said, you know what? When this happened, I felt it. But the truth is, right now, I'm feeling all this love for you. I don't know what is happening. And then we just had like a really good laugh. This person apologized for whatever it was. And we just handed up having a fantastic time and having a good old laugh. Right? That's when you know the the that you know what you thought was going to be a difficult conversation has moved now into what I call a wholehearted or heart center way of being, where suddenly there's a sense of lightness right there. Have, have you ever had that happen to you when you were in the middle of conversation, you're trying to have your way mad, or you're trying to get your point across, or you wanted, you wanted to convince the other person of doing things your way or trying to see your way, where suddenly one of the two of you did something. And then you just started laughing and laughing and laughing. And you get to the point where you're like, what, what were we even talking about? I don't even remember what we were talking about. See, that, that is the same lightness of heart that the Egyptians would look for when people died. And they would weight the, the heart of the person who had just passed uh, against the feather on a scale. And if your heart was lighter than that feather, then you were then qualified to go and live in the heavens with God and the realm and, you know, the underworld and, and so forth. But if, if your heart was heavier than the feather, what do they do? They would throw it to the crocodiles in your body so that you would not enter the heavens. All right. So, um, so that is, the, that is the possibility that I want you to open up to as you begin to move into these conversations, uh, either with yourself or with someone else. And, and I'm saying with yourself or someone else is because more often than not, you know, the, the, these conversations, um, I do believe that they require that you take the time to get clear before you, before you decide to have this conversation with another person, that you do take the time to get clear with regards to why it is that you want to have this conversation and why is this so important to you, all right? Which is where we're going to begin now, all right? What I'm going to share with you is what I think are nine steps 
that you can use to having a difficult conversation with someone that you love. And the first step is exactly that. You need to begin first by acknowledging that you have a desire or a need or a longing to have this conversation with someone. Maybe there's a problem that needs to be addressed. Maybe there's a behavior that needs to be addressed. Maybe there's a feeling that needs to be addressed. Maybe there's a misunderstanding that needs to be addressed. Right? Maybe the relationship, as I said, it's not working out anymore. We've been speaking about, um, a couple of weeks ago, we spoke about this metaphor of relationship being like a dance. Maybe the dance has changed. Maybe your partner changed the music without telling you about it. All right? maybe, the, maybe the partner is dancing with somebody. Whatever it is, it's important that you take a moment to connect with your heart or that part of you that wants to have this conversation and that you ask yourself, why is having this conversation with this person is so important and meaningful to me? Now, I, remember, I remember that oftentimes when I've had myself, when I've asked myself this question, what's always come up for me is that I'm having this conversation primarily for my sake, for my sake, not for the other person, because I want to have peace of mind. I want, for me, it's important to let the other person know how I'm feeling, for me to be able to feel more connected to them, because for the other person, they might not even be aware of, you know, think of it as, um, you know, um, have, have you ever, have you ever uh, have somebody like step on your shoelace? And they're not aware they're stepping on your shoelace and you're like pulling on the shoelace or whatever it is. And you're like, ah, oh, this person doesn't know they're stepping on my shoelace. Well, oftentimes there might be a situation in your life where somebody's stepping, they're, they're doing a behavior that they're not aware of, which is creating pain or discomfort for you, but they don't know. And you're afraid to conf confront them or let them know. So that's the first step. You need to acknowledge the desire or your need or longing. You need to ask yourself, why is this conversation important and meaningful to you? Number two, you want to clarify the intention, right? Which is in alignment with what I was speaking about, Testeiner's five ways of being. You want to get clear about what is it that you're truly wanting by having this conversation? Do you want to feel more connected to the other person? Do you want to get them to modify their behavior? Do you want to share what's in your heart with them? Okay, maybe you have a, a, a need that you're longing to have met or to have experience, right? Why, why do you want to have this conversation? So you need to acknowledge the desire first to need to clarify your intention. So you start with why. Once you have that, once you're clear, once you're clear, all right, you, what you don't want to do is just show up for the conversation you know, just to show off for the conversation, because more often than not, if you haven't really taken the time to come into your heart and get some clarity and you're still quite anger or triggered by feelings of, um, yeah, fear, uh, shame, guilt, whatever it is, chances are the conversation is not going to go well. So once you do that, the third thing you want to do is you want to then reach out to the other person, connect with the other person and invite them. You want to invite them to this conversation. You want to say something to them along the lines of, hey, um, there's something I want to talk to you about. Um, when do you think or feel would be a good time for us to chat, to have this conversation? Um, if you know this person is very much and they're masculine and they're always using the word, I think that this, I think that that, you might want to use the word, when do you think would be a good time? 
uh, to have a good conversation. And if this person is more of the intuitive, creative, feeling kind that always is talking a lot about their feelings, you might want to then say, hey, um, when do you feel would be a good time for us to have a conversation? And uh, you have to also be ready that they may not be ready to have this conversation. And they may say, no, I don't really want to have the conversation. And if that's what they say, you need to respect and honor that. Okay. And then... Um, if, if that were to be the case, then you just simply say, hey, well, can I check back with you another time? Maybe you'll be ready then. All right. Or maybe you go ahead and, and um, then go ahead and schedule the conversation. Or they might say to you, okay, well, I'm, I can have that conversation right now. Remember, you know, what makes these conversations very um, intimi intimidating very often is that you don't know how the other person is going to react. So now, they showed up for the conversation, whether if it's happening right there and then, and what do you do next? Well, the fourth thing that you want to do is you want to create a container, some kind of a container. You know, when, when we pray together at the beginning of these, of these conversations, what I do is I create a container. When I let you know what the topic is going to be and when I let you know that we're speaking with regards to matters of the heart um, we're talking about conversations and this is the way of being that I am advocating how I want to show up for myself and for others in the world. What I'm doing is I'm setting up a context, you know, think of it the context as the, the frame, right? The frame through which, um, we see a picture. Okay. So you want to let the other person know what the conversation is about and what it is that you're wanting by having this conversation. All right. What, what does that look like in terms of real life? Well, it may look like you saying, or it may sound like you saying something along the lines of, hey, uh, Freddie, I'm just making this up. Um, you know, I really value and love you very much. And I just want to share with you what's been in my heart um, lately, or what it is that I've been feeling with regards to our relationship. What it is that I'm really yeah, longing to experience more of some needs and never, I've never opened to talk to you about. Um, I want to express something that I never shared with you before. You know, whatever it is, you want to kind of let them know like, hey, this is a little bit what the conversation is about. And then the fifth thing that you're going to do after you do that is you're going to hold a safe space for one another. And what that means is that you want to create some kind of an agreement all right, to hold a safe space for each other by asking the other person, hey, would it be okay if you listen to everything that I have to say without interrupting me? You might get triggered. You might want to like stop me, um, respond right away, but can you just hold on to from interrupting me? Just hold that space for me uh, until I'm done. And then I'll be more than happy to do the same thing with you. Can you do that? Right. So you do want to have that kind of an agreement. And, and again, you know, I remember, I remember when I wrote a blog post where I was sharing this framework um, a couple of years ago, uh, somebody emailed me and said to me, Gabs, this is completely unrealistic. You know, most people will not ever do that in my life. You know, and, and I, and I wrote back to this person and I say, hell, I know <laughs> in my family that never would have happened either. This is why this is a call. This is what I call this a conscious heart centered conversation It's conscious. 
right? We are trying to move away from sort of the mentality of the herd and the way of operating an autopilot and reacting to our emotions and allow ourselves be, be overridden by our emotions. And we want to be conscious. So that's why we make these agreements. And, and if you ever come to one of my seminars, my retreats, or participate in my groups, this is one of the things we do. We, we teach each other in our circles how to hold space for one another, which means that during the conversation, you might get triggered and you might want to interrupt the other person and say, no, that's not right. That's not what I say. Or you SOB and I hate you. And you, want, you might get triggered. And the thing about holding that space of safety means that we're not going to do that. You're going to sit there, breathe into your heart, and you're going to take it all in until the other person is finished. And you're going to continue to breathe in and out of the heart. The next thing you want to do, the sixth thing you want to do is now that there is an agreement in place, there is some kind of a safety there's a safe space where you can express yourself now. You can get very present and real with the other person. And again, you don't want to rehearse this conversation beforehand. Okay. Uh, my father was a life insurance salesman. I remember in the shower, I could hear him in the mornings. He was rehearsing the conversations. And of course, he wasn't having this kind of conversations. He was English. Spanish was his second language, and so he was trying to, obviously, to practice and rehearse what he was going to say. You don't want to do that. You know, for this conversation to be really real and to be present, you need to, be, you need to go with what's really in that moment truly in your heart. So you want to share what it is that you truly think, feel, sense, want, and what is it you're really longing for. Okay? And it means also doing it from the place of honoring and respecting, so you're not going to attack the other person. You want to, as much as you want, take responsibility. Right? Talk about what you feel, what you think, what you want, rather than talk so much about the behavior of the other person. Right? If you're going to talk about the behavior of the other person, right? talk, about, talk about the facts instead. So, so what you want to do is you want to really, you want to use this opportunity to lean into your edge and saying what you're most afraid of saying. Saying that thing that you think are gonna, is going to hurt the other person, piss the other person off, maybe even trigger the other person to lose their calm or go into fear. Um, yeah, whatever it is. All right, you want to stay present um, to your, what, it, what it is that you're feeling and be willing to reveal what it is that you're feeling. Like I remember one time I was having a conversation um, of this kind with someone and their throat closed up. Has that ever happened to you? That... It's almost like there's so much emotion that wells up and then once he wants to move through the throat, it's like there's just not enough room in the throat. And so this person at that moment started coughing and he just said, I don't know what's happening. My throat is choking. And I was just like, okay, well, just, just, let's just be with that for a little bit. Just allow it. Don't fight it. Just allow it. And then what happened was the throat began to relax and then this person began to cry and more emotions began to come. Right? So you want to create space where that can happen. Remember, the whole name of the game is to become real and to reveal what is it, it is that you're really thinking, feeling. And because that's where, that's where vulnerability really happens. And then obviously that's where connection then can begin to happen. Number seven, you want to seek connection above understanding. And I'm going to say this one more time. You want to seek to connect rather than to understand. 
I remember when, uh, when Stephen Covey's book, um, the seven habits of highly effective people came out. I remember one of the, one of the habits is seek to, I think it's seek to understand rather than to under, be understood. Um, it's actually part of this St. Francis prayer as well. Um, and what this means is that I believe that oftentimes understanding is, is more of a rational concept. And what I'm getting at is seek to reveal the truth of what it is that you're feeling rather than trying to explain a whole bunch of concepts. Right? And, and you, the way you're going to do this is, again, by just talking about what happened, what the situation is, just as a fact. Right? When this happened, when, when I heard you say these words, uh, when you walked away, when you did not show up for the appointment, you know, whatever it is, I felt angry. I felt sad. I felt let down. I was afraid I did not matter to you. I was afraid I'm not important to you. I was afraid you don't care about me. I'm afraid you don't love me anymore. You know, so you want to reveal your fears. You want to reveal uh, what I call these, these core feelings that we all humans have. Taking responsibility for whatever is yours and, you know, and be willing to also admit on your own faults and wrongdoings because the truth is that, you know, like, like the old saying goes, it takes two to tango, right? We are showing up as two imperfect human beings trying to be in a relationship. Um, and the truth is that we don't, majority of us, as I said earlier, we don't have role models of how to have these kind of conversations, much less of how to really be in a healthy, loving relationship. But you want to just stick to as much as you can, just the facts, not your interpretation of the facts, and then talk about your feelings. And then if you are holding the space to, for the other person, listen. Just listen, but really listen, not with your head, not with your ear. Listen with your heart. I, in, my, in my coach training program, the Heart Leader Program, uh, one of the things I, I teach and I train my coaches in is to listen with their hearts. And literally, what I, when, I, when we go through this exercise, I teach them to bring the awareness to the heart centered and breathe in and out of the heart and imagine that they have an ear in the middle of their chest as they're listening to the other person. So they are receiving the fullness of whatever the other person is sharing with them right into their hearts. Is something you might want to start experimenting with. And, and what you'll notice is that when you're really listening from this aspect of yourself, you're really listening with your whole being. So it's like the words are coming in through, through the ears, they're being processed by your brain and your conscious mind, but you're also picking up on a lot of the emotions that are not being shared at that moment. You could also begin to see that they may be saying one thing with their words, but emotionally, they might be expressing something else. Like, you know, and, and to give an example, what I mean is that um, recently I had a conversation like this with someone who was expressing their anger. And as I was really listening with the whole being, even though I was, I was my mind would say, well, they're, they're clearly angry because their tonality and their tone of voice and the cadence which we speak. But the truth is that what I'm really picking up is, is how hurt this person is. In fact, when you're really truly listening with your body and you're an empath, as, as the majority of us heart-centered people are, one of the things that will happen is you will entrain with the, with the other person and you will start literally feeling their emotion in your body, in your heart. You, st you will start feeling their pain in their heart, in your own heart. And that's what allows you to know um, that they are in pain 
you know, oftentimes when you're not very, when you don't really have really good, clear boundaries between what's yours and what belongs to other people, you'll think this is your emotions, but they're really not yours. They were, they're actually being triggered by the other person. All right. So you want to listen, you want to listen with your entire body so that you can then find that place of empathy, um, which is really the essence where compassion comes from, where you begin to really feel the other person's pain. And now as you allow the conversation to continue to unfold and there is a space of holding space, taking space, speaking and sharing and revealing and then listening, you know, little by little, what you want to do is you want to, you want to begin to allow the conversation to take you forward into a new place. Number eight, where you can begin to then to see the commonalities about what you both want and where you can then begin to make some kind of an agreement on the way forward. And what that means in practicality means determining what are going to be the next steps that you are going to be taking. All right. So that you don't leave the conversation until you're both clear about what's going to happen next. You do want to have some kind of a, you know, resolution at the end and say, okay, well, after all this conversation, what can we agree? What agreement can we reach? All right. And, and I know that Sometimes in my, you might be involved in conversation where this might be very, 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 very difficult. I know I certainly have had my share of conversations where we appear to be getting nowhere after like spilling our hearts out. You know, I remember, uh, when was this? About six months ago, I was, I was, I was struggling with someone that I love very deeply. And we've also had some, you know, we had been sharing what we were feeling and we were just really not fat, not not um not finding a common ground and i remember um you know i just i just said to this person okay let's just have some wine and 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 not speak let's just have some wine and work in the garden and cook or whatever and let's just not speak and so we didn't we just we just went about just cooking and not without speaking and then i remember at one moment i just started feeling all this love in my heart for this person and I looked at him and I said, can you and I at least agree that we love each other very much, that we have no idea how we're going to move forward, but that we want to somehow? And this person looked at me and said, yes, we can agree to that. <laughs> and I remember there was like a big smile and a big wink. And a big, it, there was a deep sense of connection at that moment. It's like, okay, we're agreeing to disagree, but we're agreeing that there is a deep connection between us. Right, that for me, that is a power of love to create miracles in a in any relationship. Okay, when that certain lightness begins to flow, and then number nine of this framework is you want to then, as you begin to reach some kind of an agreement, some kind of an understanding. You know, the the word the word in in Spanish agreement is acuerdo, in French is accord. I don't speak French, so probably the pronunciation is pretty bad, but. What you might not know is that the word acuerdo, accord, accord comes from the, the Italian, no, sorry, well, yeah, Italian, the French word que, which means heart. So literally to be in agreement means to share one heart. Be in agreement means to share one heart, which means we, deep down we both want the same. You know, sometimes what we both want is to end the relationship. What we both want is to have our freedom. What we want maybe is to have no expectations. 
you know, you know, the, the truth is that I'm giving you some guidelines that hopefully will apply. You will take them and apply them into your specific situation. But what you do want is to have some kind of a way then where you're not only agreeing uh, or reaching some kind of an agreement, but you want to now, number nine, start, you want to end with some, with love and appreciation. I mean, it's almost like you've end, you reached the end of this journey. You've done what was really difficult to do, which was get clarity about what you wanted, invite the other person, be real with them, right? You've moved, you've gone through this, what oftentimes feels like an emotional roller coaster. And now that you're sort of coming back into the same heart of the moment, you want to end with love and appreciation. This is what allows this to be a heart-centered conversation. And so you want to begin to consciously complete the conversation. It's to bring to an end by appreciating the other person, the qualities that you're admiring them, the lessons that you're learning by being in a relationship with them. Thank them for their time. Thank them for their willingness to listen to share their heart with you, to be courageous to tell you the truth. I mean, I remember at one time somebody, um, somebody, yeah, told me in a conversation that they, they did not love me. And I remember as, as hurt and sad as I felt, I remember at the end of the conversation saying to them something along the lines of, wow, you know, I just want to just honor how courageous you were to tell me the truth that you don't love me, that you don't see yourself going in the same direction, that you know, that, that I'm going, even though I was sad, I was quite devastated actually. Um, but even though I was sad, there's a part of me that saw them, you know, as very courageous, right? It's that kind of thing that the moment they were so courageous with me, they also gave me permission to be more courageous in my conversations as well. Um, yeah. And then remind them, at the end, how much you love them, how much they mean to you, how much the relationship means to you. you know, so that by the time you end the, you end the relationship, you end literally with love, which is ultimately brings the entire process full circle because what inspired you to have the conversation in the first place was the deep desire to feel love and to feel connected to them. Right? You want it ultimately. You had this conversation out of love for yourself, out of love for the other person. It was difficult. You got through it, or maybe you did not get through it. I mean, I've had conversations where I had set agreements and, you know, and then the person walked out, walked out, walked out, locked themselves in a room, and I couldn't have the conversation. And obviously, that brought up a tremendous amount of feelings of frustration. But that's the framework. So, to take you through the steps one more time. Number one, you want to acknowledge your desire, your need, or your longing to have this conversation. Two, you want to clarify your intention. Why am I, why do I want to have this conversation? Right? What is, what is it that I want to communicate? What is it that I want it to happen? You know, whatever it is for you, get clarity. Three, in, connect with the other person and invite them, ask them, when do you think or feel would be a good time for us to chat? Four, Set the context. Let them know what the conversation is going to be about, right? Give them an idea of what it is that you're, you're summoning them for, okay? Number five, agree to hold a space for one another. Make an agreement as to what that means and how are you going to exactly do that. Six, get real. Show up fully present and real and 
reveal really what's in your heart. What is it you truly think, feel, sense, want? What is it you're longing for? Lean into your vulnerability. Lean into your vulnerability. Be willing to express what uh, Brené Brown calls vulnerability hangover, which is that sense of feeling, you know, that feeling you get when you're like, oh my God, I said too much. You know, you, we have these like too much information, Gabriel, when he talks about your feelings. Well, when it comes to vulnerability, the truth is that there's no such thing as too much information. In fact, the more you reveal, the more, the more guilty you feel about, oh my God, I think I said too much with regards to your own feelings, you know, the more vulnerable, the more you are expanding in your ability to be vulnerable and real. Okay. So oftentimes that sense of guilt and shame is actually an indication that you're really opening up. Number seven, seek connection above understanding, right? Be willing to listen with your heart, right? Be willing to really, really, really feel what the other person is also feeling. Number eight, agree on a way forward. Find the common heart, the agreement. What is it you're both wanting? Even if it's just simply, you know, as basic as, well, can we at least agree that we came for a greater purpose. We don't know what that purpose is, but we both believe that we did. Yes, that we, I can agree with. That we love each other. That we, want, that we want our relationship to improve. Or that can we both agree this is not really working for us. You know? or, if it, or if it's working for one but not the other, then can I then agree? You know? Can I then just simply accept that it's not working for you? That something has to change. Yeah, I don't know what, but I know something has to change. Yeah. And number seven, and with love and appreciation. You want to complete consciously doing this, okay? Next week, when we continue this conversation, now that we begin to lay the foundation um, with regards to these five ways of being and how they can be applied in a conversation, now I can take you through um, my conscious completion process for when it comes time to end, especially a romantic relationship with someone. Uh, so that you can create space and both people be able to move forward and ultimately have the relationship that you both want. All right. I think we're ending, we're getting to the end of our time together. So um, I, I feel really grateful that you've, that you've been here with me today. And I, and I really do sincerely hope that, um, that, whatever it is that have been triggered here during this conversation with me as you've been listening, will support you in, in deepening your relationships with those people that you love and begin to show up with others or for others from a more real, present, connected, and heart-directed way. If you've enjoyed today's topic and you want to learn more about what coaching can do for you, I want you to consider uh, booking a session with me or signing up for one of my online courses, or enrolling in my upcoming Heart Intelligence Coach training program. You can read more about my products and my programs and services at my website, heartintelligencecoach.com. All right. We've come to the end of our show, and so that you, I hope that you remembered that uh, when it comes to matters of the heart, um, there's no such thing as mind over matters of the heart. The heart is the organ of connection. It is not really the organ of thinking and, and processing. And when you allow yourself to feel that level of connection with yourself and with another person, 
the process will literally open up new pathways and new possibilities in your life. So let us close with a prayer, reminding ourselves and each other that we live in an infinitely loving universe. That right here and right now, we are walking away with new insights into what it means to have conversations with others and with ourselves from a more real, present, connected, and loving space. That we know that within our hearts, there is a capacity to bring forth the love, the wisdom, the understanding, the humility, the forgiveness, the compassion that will help us heal any relationship, that will help us straighten up any relationship that may have been lost or crooked or feels out of place. And if the relationship is no longer serving us for whatever reason, we'll create then space in our hearts to welcome a relationship that is in greater alignment with our desires of our hearts. This is my prayer for you and for me, my friend. And once again, I thank you for being here with me today and I bless your journey the rest of the week and send you my love from my heart to yours until we meet again. Thank you for listening. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.